Welcome to Section 9, where we talk about IT and information security. I'm Damian Hull. And I'm Dorothy. And today we're going to be talking about the Verizon Data Breach Report and also Microsoft 365, which is used to be Office 365, right? Yeah. So um, you looked at this uh, Verizon Data Breach Report before, and now you're again looking at it. So talk to us about this. Yeah, so this is the uh, the 2020 Breach Report. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting about this, and I and I said this before when we looked at the last time. So for those who don't know what this is, this is Verizon's report on how hackers are getting in. And what they're doing is they're asking companies, and they ask a lot of companies, you know, have you had an incident, a security incident, or an actual data breach where data was stolen? And so companies fill out this information. It's anonymous. We don't know who's in there. But they're talking about the things that happened when they had these incidents. And, you know, if there was an actual data breach, they talk about, you know, the evidence and what happened and how the how the hackers actually got in. And so if you look at the summary report, which is what I've looked at so far, I will take the time to look at the rest of it later. But in the summary, they kind of give you an overview of the important bits. And so if we look at that, um, it tells you where you should focus your energy on, right? What kinds of things should we be thinking about in terms of preventing the hackers from getting in? So um, I just have a question about it. Um, So when they ask companies to uh, complete whatever questionnaire it is, are they looking for like the commonalities and put it together and say, okay, this is where the hackers are focused? Is that what you're saying? What they're doing is they're saying, these are the things the hackers are doing to get in. Okay, so they're not looking for any kind of commonality. They're just stating facts. They're stating the facts and they're saying, um, you know, are the hackers using vulnerabilities? Are the hackers using zero days? Are, you know, what are, right. they're not even asking those questions. They're just asking the companies to say, how did the hackers get in? How did the hackers do that incident, that security incident? You know, how did they try to get in? How did they steal your data? And so what the Verizon Data Breach Report is going to say is, here's the facts. Here's what's most important based on the evidence that we've collected. Got it. So for this year, it's very similar to what we saw last year. And this year, the the big thing is web applications. And then we have stolen credentials or brute forced credentials where they tried to guess your password. And then we also have mistakes. That's that's another one where IT people are making mistakes, setting up things. And then we also have phishing. Phishing is super big. So when you look at that, you kind of have to ask yourself, okay, so what what do I what do I take away from that? What kinds of things can I do to make myself more secure, my organization more secure? Where do I spend the time and effort to make it harder for the hackers to get in? Well, if you look at web applications, those are always going to be on the list because those are directly connected to the internet. If there are any issues with that, the hackers might be able to take advantage of that. And they can also try to brute force their way in because there's going to be some sort of login page someplace. So anytime I think of something that's directly connected to the internet, I want to make sure that that's, you know, that's looked at in terms of security. So that would be like a high priority on your list? That would be kind of a high priority. And then when we look at things like mistakes, you want to have process, procedure, double check and verify type of things. But as IT gets more and more complicated, that gets difficult. 
So when you're saying mistakes, um, I, I just kind of want to make sure that I understand it. Are you talking about configuration mistakes when the equipment's being set up or or like the security hasn't been set up? What, what are you talking about? Both. So okay. when you set something up, especially if it's a web-based application, it's online, if you make a mistake someplace with that web-based application, well, then the hackers are going to be getting in because you made a mistake in how you set that up. Maybe you have a user in there that has a weak password. Well, they can brute force that. Maybe you have a setting in there that allows the hacker to just walk right in, whatever the case may be. So you have to pay attention to those kinds of things. Now, when we look at some of the other things that are on the list, like uh, the the phishing, that's big. And in with the phishing thing, you know, it's the hacker sending out bunches of email. They're saying, I'm so-and-so, click the link, blah, blah, blah. And so when you click the link, what happens? Malware gets installed into the system or something happens that, that the hacker wants you to do. So if you had to create a process um, for the web application part of our configuring the web application, I mean, it, you know, the two things that you mentioned, one, you know, the phishing, that's social engineer. You train your staff and it's the best that you can do, maybe, no? So, so what, what would so, you do so to create a... Okay. So let's 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 take a giant step back here and let's think about how we're going to process all of this. We don't have answers to all of this just yet. So we're not going to go into to a lot of detail because we have to sit down and think about these things. And if you look at the Verizon Data Breach Report, we'll, we're going to have to go through this, you and I. They talk about the things that you can do with the critical security controls that are gonna help you resolve some of these issues. That's what I was trying to get at when you mentioned the part of creating the process. But, but here's, let, let's, let's evaluate some of these things and how we would think about them. And not in terms of what's the right answer. No, it's what, not that this is the right answer. It's like, you know, we've embarked in this path of, of implementing the critical security controls and then understanding why we're doing some of the security things that we're trying to do. And I think this is a crucial part of it. What we have to think about here is at this at this stage, we're not going to have step one, you do this. Step two, you do this. We're not going to have that yet. What we, what we can say at this stage is what kinds of things do we need to be thinking about in general terms? Because here's what happens in, in security, and I see this all the time, and I'm sure it's still going on now, where you have people thinking network, 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 server, server, server. Those are the most important things. we got to make sure those are secure. And they're forgetting or not even paying attention to what the hacker is actually doing. And that's actually something that you always ingrain in me is saying, understand the priority of things. Not everything is hot, hot, hot right now, right now, right now, because the part of the plan and part of not making those mistakes is taking that step back. So here's what I want you to begin to think about. Everybody should be thinking about this, mm. right? There's no web applications. Well, I shouldn't say there's no web applications, but your internal network equipment, you know, is that a web-based application? Some of them may be, but it's not directly connected to the internet, right? Does it, does it have email on there? Am I checking my email from my network equipment? Because if we think about this, you know, the Verizon Data Breach Report says web-based applications, mistakes, um, phishing. Uh, phishing, those are the kinds of things that we need to be thinking about because that's what the hackers are actually using to get in. That's how they're stealing our data. 
So if these are the things, then when we think about, you know, those people who say network, 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 server, 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 well, am I checking my email from my network equipment? No, I'm not. Am I checking my email from a server? Probably not. Are these going to have web applications that we're using for the organization? No, they are not. Now, the server may, if it's directly connected to the internet, or even if it's internal, it may have a web-based application. But then you have to think about, okay, is that directly connected to the internet? Or is it an internal web-based application that we use internally? Because there's a difference there. You know, the hackers can't try to brute force their way into uh, the the server that's inside the network. You know, if it's a web-based application that I have that's inside and only accessible from internal employees, internal systems, not on the internet, I can't Google for it. You know, I can't go to to somebody else's office and try to access that web-based application. It has to be from, from the corporate network. Well, then the hackers can't try to brute force that because it's not on the internet. So that limits the chance that a hacker is going to be able to brute force their way into that. So what are we going to be focusing on in this particular case that that does kind of fall into that category of checking email, that kind of thing? That's the workstations. That's the laptops, right? That's where I check my email. That's where I'm going to have that phishing email. I'm going to click on the link and then my machine might get infected. Yeah, that's where you go to the internet and, and all of that. Okay. So the other thing that we want to kind of remember is that the stolen credentials and the brute forcing of, 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 you know, passwords. And that can happen pretty much anywhere, right? So the big thing for this, and as we move to the cloud, uh, and that was another thing that the, the, the Verizon Data Breach Report talked about is that cloud's a big deal, which is where your web-based applications are. So now we have to think about, you know, managing those user accounts there. And that's where your multi-factor authentication comes into play. Multi-factor these days is like a must-have. You you need to implement that. Because once you have that in there, the brute force attack doesn't work anymore. The stolen credentials may not work either because they need that second factor. You know, some people will say, well, but there's a way around two-factor. For some people, there may be a way for them to figure out how to do a workaround a two-factor authentication. But for for most of us, for the regular folks out there, Two-factor authentication is going to make that brute force attack or, or, or that, that hacker out there who's trying to get into your account when two-factor is turned on, it's going to make it so hard for them to get in. He'll move on to an easier target. And that, that's one of the things that, um, you know, somebody uh, was talking about in one, of the, uh, in one of the podcasts that I was listening to. And they were saying, yeah, you know, hackers usually they want an easy way you know, they're just going to move on. They don't want to work that hard. I mean, unless they really want that specific data, they're not going to be sitting in there and working that hard. No, they're not. Uh, but that's the Verizon Data Breach Report. And, and if you haven't seen it, we're going to put a link in the show notes to that. Again, this is Verizon asking companies, have you had an, a security incident or have you had an actual data breach? And they're taking that uh, information, putting it together and seeing you know, what are the top things that the hackers are doing to try to get in? And again, that's going to be your web-based applications, stolen or brute-forced credentials, and then we have um, the phishing email. How often does this report come out? It's once a year. Just once a year? Yeah. So let's look at... Uh, so, yeah, yeah, you were talking about um, 
having them name Office 365 now is just Microsoft 365. Is, is the name the only thing that changed or what, what's going on? So they changed this last year. And there's a bunch of stuff in here that I haven't really been paying attention to, which I should be because we use some of this stuff at work. And the reason why I want to talk about this is because I'm going back to that idea of looking at, at, at 365 as a possible option for us. And one of the reasons why Microsoft has changed it to 365 is because part of the package deal you get now with certain flavors of, of 365 or what used to be Office 365 is Azure. So why would you call it Office 365 when you have Azure and other things in there? And this is Microsoft's push to the cloud. And while they've already got a huge presence in there, I think they're trying to you know, emphasize that more with 365. And the other thing that I want to look at too, and this kind of goes along with the Verizon Data Breach Report, is the security aspect of 365. They've got, uh, you know, Windows Defender is in there. They've got some Seam solutions in there now where you're looking at um, uh, monitoring certain security events. Now, I don't know if that applies to things like workstations, but you can use it in the cloud. And so I want to know sort of how does all of that work and where does that play into the overall kind of security thing that we want to kind of focus on. And, you know, with Windows Defender, how does that work? What kinds of things are you going to see? And is it something that we have to have local or is it cloud-based? So there's some things in here that I'm not too too sure about yet. But what I'm going to be looking into is uh, 365 Business Standard and then 365 Business Professional or Premium. So there's Standard and there's Premium. Premium gets you some security features in there that I think are really interesting. But we'll have to see, and it goes back to me trying to to get Section 9 migrated to 365. So I don't know how that's going to happen. I don't know whether or not we can pull it off because it's expensive. And we would have to pay for that if we wanted to move there. And then you have to have this, we would, we would have to migrate off of Office 365 and, or not Office 365, but uh, uh, Google's G Suite, where Gmail is, and move everything over to 365. And the documents I'm not too worried about, but the email has to be migrated. And we need to make sure that that happens pretty seamlessly because we use that for business. And so if it doesn't work for a month or two, well, that's going to be a problem. I got to have my email. So that's something that we have to think about in that in that sort of migration to 365. And if we can't migrate, it might still be a good idea for us to go in there and play around with that. Oh, sounds good. Um, so, yeah, we're thinking about the Verizon Data Breach Report. We're going to be looking into that more because we want to see what critical security controls we can use to help keep us safe and secure. And when they talk about some of these uh, they're kind of assuming that you have some of the basics out of the way. So those first six, you still need to have those. And then the ones they talk about in the Verizon Data Breach Report are going to be on top of the first six. Because as we've said before, the first six, everybody should have. The rest, you kind of have to pick and choose. Right. And then, you know, usually they said, oh, well, you don't need to uh, put in all 20, you know, because it would be kind of crazy. But, you know, depending on the needs of your network and actually what the report is actually notifying, you can um, have the first six plus 
whatever it is that you may need to secure your network. So, wow, that's pretty interesting. Yeah, so we're going to be working on these things. I'm still trying to do my Windows 10 labs. You're still trying to do your Windows 10 labs. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're moving forward on that. We're trying to create a process for that so we don't have mistakes. Exactly. You know, uh, (laughs) that's something we want to try to avoid. And that's what process does for you. It helps you avoid those mistakes. And, and, you know, the the whole thing about the process is I'm still trying to work on, um, you know, in my mind as a noob, like, oh, okay, how do I create a process? What's critical? So when you brought that up today... I was thinking, oh my God, oh my God, I need to get the process, you know, going on right now. And then you're like, wait, step back and and try to figure out how does this apply to what we're doing? And, and you know, um, I'm, I'm learning a lot. You know, I would have gone and I would have said, oh, okay, you know, we need to implement all of this, that and the other. When at the end, when you got done explaining things, it was like, well, we're working on our six and those are something that we always have in mind but just having the extra to deal with the web application issue or the phishing, you know, um, the email and all of that. Um, you know, I appreciate that I learn something every week, <laughs> every day. Yeah. So I think that's it for now. Uh, if you have any comments or questions, you can go to our website and send us a ticket. And if you want to take a look at the show notes, you can also do see that on our website at section9.us. And thanks for listening. Thank you for listening.